Today in Business from Wired. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Business from Wired. A U.S. rail strike was averted, but the crisis is far from over. A preliminary agreement prevented a total shutdown. But many supply chains still face delays and disruption caused by staff shortages. By Caitlin Harrington. Major U.S. freight railroad companies reached a tentative agreement with unions, narrowly averting a nationwide rail shutdown less than 24 hours before a strike deadline. A work stoppage would have heaped devastating consequences on the nation's economy and supply chain, nearly 30% of which relies on rail. Even a near-miss had some impact. Long-distance Amtrak passenger services, which use freight tracks, and hazardous material shipments are now being restored after railroads suspended them to prevent people or cargo becoming stranded by a strike. The tentative agreement to be voted on by union members came through talks brokered by the Biden administration. It scrambled to avoid a shutdown that would have caused major disruption and worsened inflation by restricting the supply of crucial goods and driving up shipping costs. Rail unions and the Railroad Industry Association released statements welcoming the deal. But freight rail service has been unreliable since long before the standoff, and trade groups representing rail customers say much work remains to restore it to acceptable levels. Just two-thirds of trains were arriving within 24 hours of their scheduled time this spring, down from 85% pre-pandemic, forcing rail customers to suspend business or, grimly, consider euthanizing their starving chickens. Scott Jensen, a spokesperson for the American Chemistry Council, whose members depend on rail to ship chemicals, called the latest shutdown threat another ugly chapter in this long saga of freight rail issues. Although the recent agreement was lauded by companies dependent on rail freight, the ACC, the National Grain and Feed Association, and other trade groups also argue that further reforms to the rail industry are needed. Competition has dwindled as service concentrated among a handful of big railroads, which slashed their combined workforce by 29% over the past six weeks. Rail customers have asked lawmakers and rail regulators to intervene. Suggestions include federal minimum service standards, including penalties for leaving loaded cars sitting in rail yards for long periods, and a rule that would allow customers to move cargo to another service provider at certain interchanges to work around the fact that many customers are captive to a single carrier. U.S. major freight railroads made deep staff cuts in recent years as part of an effort to implement a leaner, more profitable operating model called precision-scheduled railroading. Profits have indeed soared, 
Two of the largest freight carriers, Union Pacific and BNSF, owned by Warren Buffett, broke records last year. But after many workers decided not to return to the rail industry after pandemic furloughs, a staffing shortage tipped the network into crisis. At federal hearings this spring, rail customers complained about suffering their worst-ever service levels from a network that had been stripped of its resiliency. Many freight rail jobs have always involved erratic schedules and long stretches away from home, but workers complained that the leaner operations saddled them with still longer hours, higher injury rates, and less predictable schedules. Many workers received no sick leave and were penalized for taking time off outside of their vacation time, which averaged three weeks a year, or holiday and personal time, which reached 14 days a year for the most senior employees. Earlier this year, BNSF implemented a stricter points-based attendance policy that penalized workers for absences regardless of the reason, hoping to get maximum staffing out of its smaller workforce. Other railroads also tightened their attendance policies. Because many rail workers must remain on call around the clock, that meant an emergency or routine doctor's appointment could cost someone their job. 700 employees quit after BNSF changed its policy, according to two unions representing engineers and conductors, the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen, or BLET, and the Transportation Division of the International Association of Sheet Metal, Air, Rail, and Transportation Workers, or SMART, TD. Time off for medical care was the final sticking point during recent union negotiations. The tentative agreement provides an additional paid day off plus clearance to take time off without penalties for doctor's appointments, hospitalizations, and surgeries. Workers will also receive raises equivalent to 24% over five years and keep their current health insurance. The preliminary deal offers workers significantly more than recommended last month by a presidential emergency board attempting to resolve the dispute. In the absence of any voluntary agreement between unions and railroads, Congress could have imposed the board's recommendations to avoid a strike, but doing so would have deprived workers of the ability to bargain for improvements and vote on an agreement. For the tentative agreement to become final, it must be backed by a simple majority of the 57,000 members of BLET and SMART-TD. The two unions have agreed not to strike in the interim. Eight other unions had reached preliminary agreements with railroads before 11th-hour talks, but would have respected a picket line in the event that any one union struck. Rick Patterson, a rail analyst at the investment firm Loop Capital Markets, says the agreement should prevent more workers from abandoning the railroads than if Congress had forced the PEB recommendations on them. A surge in attrition on the back of this agreement is now probably a low probability. Railroads say they're hiring aggressively, but the challenges of improving service with a still-depleted workforce linger. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com business. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.